Hoody hoo. Hey guys. Yes, I snapped in um, bullets in the window. Uh, welcome to episode 49. I am your host. No, I'm not doing all that. Um, but yeah, welcome. And uh, this is with my friend Tia. We've kind of known each other for a little while now. We're in the same like WhatsApp group with a bunch of other visually impaired people. Um, she's got a lot going on, as you'll find out in the episode. And uh, she's got a good story. And um, yeah, please support her. Uh, and uh, keep supporting the podcast and share with whoever. And uh, I'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. So we are back with another one. Um, my next guest um, is a person who we've kind of kept in contact here and there. Uh, we met through a mutual person. Uh, we've been on their podcast. I believe she's been on. And we're both in the same um, WhatsApp group. Uh, and so she promoted my podcast at one point. So we just kind of chatted back and forth. And, you know, she supports the podcast. So uh, obviously, why don't you just tell us uh, your name and where you're from? Hi, everyone. My name is Princess Tia. I'm from Kingston, Jamaica, which is in the Caribbean. All right. Um, yeah. So um, why don't you just tell us, uh, obviously, what your condition is and what what is it? All right. So my condition is called retinal detachment, visually challenged, uh, in that uh, one of my eyes was damaged. Well, both of my eyes are damaged, but one, my left eye was completely damaged. And I lost sight of the out of that eye, and I have a small proportion of my retinal, um, my other eye, uh, yeah, small portion, uh, small piece. Yeah, I'm only able to see five percent out of my right eye. So this was caused by a doctor due to medical negligence. Is that, I was born. Is that your good eye or your bad eye? The one that sees five percent. That's my good eye. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, um, this was caused by medical negligence. And um, this is a famous 1995 case, and many doctors and lawyers use it to make references to other medical negligence cases. And the worst thing is that she even did it to her own son. So her son is also visually challenged as well. So um, her license are taken away based on the damage that she has done to children. You know, yeah. Uh-huh. So what, what did she actually do? So as I said, I was born six months before time. I had problems breathing and I had to go in the ICU, intensive care unit. Um, I needed oxygen, oxygen tanks, oxygen masks. And I went in the incubator and she didn't cover my eyes properly with a special sheet to prevent the light from seeping through and, you know, instead of she just allowed it to damage. And when the nurse told my parents that, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Williams, this child is not able to see, it was just really heartbreaking to them. So it's difficult for them to accept that I want to move the up to the day at age 25. But, you know, as time goes by, as the year goes by, they gradually improve, you know, their acceptance. Right. This woman ever get in trouble? She, the doctor got in trouble, so she was sued along with the hospital. Um, yeah, they got sued and I got medical compensation. So every year I have to seek medical medical treatment in the United States. Um, so no no ophthalmologist here in Jamaica can't, can't touch my eyes. Wow. Um, so, so this isn't something you were born with then? Um, no, no. Did you have perfect sight beforehand? No, it's when 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 I was when when I was a newborn. I just after I came out of my mother's um, what do you call it, belly button or that yeah yeah that. Right. And um, I had a little sight, and then the doctor the doctor just damaged my eyes right there, and then. Wow. Yeah. Um. So when you know, I like to ask people this question because we all kind of know when. Um. When is it that you knew? that you were kind of different? I found out about my own um, condition at age four. You know, my parents told me what was going on and I didn't go to school for the blind like any like other persons who are blind or visually impaired. 
I went to a regular rough, I went to a regular school system, but I have a cousin who is a teacher. So, you know, there's a, there's a thing called sandpaper that the construction workers use right. to smooth out con- concrete. And she got that and she made, she cut out all letters of the alphabet, 26 and all the numbers. So I was able to feel them and know what they're like and all that. So I would still have them. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I would still go. have them. Yeah. And so, you know, going through, going through a school and, and my parents employed um, shadows, or we call them personal assistants, right, right. to read and write for me and all that stuff. It was really costly. And then when I um, reached high school, I continued with that. And then um, university, it was time to stop because it was really getting costly to their pockets and so that's where I gained my independence at university years. Okay. Was was your family very supportive of you? They were supportive at times. You know, it 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 varies. Although I spend most of my time with my grandma, but it varies. Can't complain, but it varies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I've always felt like we need a little bit of both, like tough love and love, because you get too much tough love, then you're just kind of hardened to the world, and then you don't really want to get close to anybody, but then you get too much tough love, then it's hard to even accept right. what life throws at you. Right. Right. Um, so when you started to, I mean, obviously you learn early on, but um, how, how old are you now? I'm 25. 25, okay, so you're still really young. Um, yes. <laughs> right. Um, so over, you know, how, how was school for you? Like, you know, middle school, high school, all that, as far as with dealing with a disability. Yeah. Well, it was really rough because as I said, I didn't, I did, I don't, I did, I don't know nothing about a white cane. I didn't know nothing about braille or different instruments. What, when I was going to, when I was traveling overseas to seek treatment, there was a doctor who specialized in um, equipment. So I knew a little bit. So I know about the CCTV, certain magnifying glass. I used them, but they didn't, they didn't really help a lot. They, 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 they just didn't help a lot. And um, so it was just really difficult to find the right instrument. Um, but, you know, I just what I could do. My parent, there, there were some special lines, um, like it, it has to blow them up big, so that I can r- write on those lines, and so, so I can write a little bit. Yes, I can write, but I would need a, a shadow to do most of the writing for me. So in high, I, I used to part- participate in lots of activities: netball, dancing, art and craft. Back in you know, infant school those years. Um, Um, in high school now, the high school I went to, wait, let me just jump back, sorry. Oh, in the sixth grade, in the sixth grade, we had to do what is called a grade six achievement test in order to get to high school. And the Ministry of Education had to let it be fair in that they bring somebody else outside to read and write for me. And I passed that and then I went to high school. Now, the high school I went to, they accommodated physical challenge as in those in wheelchairs they have never accommodated though a person with a visual challenge so that was difficult for them so the retired special education officer dr douglas which i will get you to interview because he has a really interesting story okay. so he came to the school and informed them how to handle a person with a with a visual challenge and the teachers thought that it was going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. But when I came there and I proved them wrong, you know, it was just amazing. I was student council representative in the seventh grade. I participated in the 4-H club, the choir, uh, all those clubs you can think of, Red Cross Society, you know, Red Cross is about right. first aid. Yep. We have that here and too. they didn't think that, yeah, they, they, would, they wouldn't think that I would be able to handle first aid. But boy, I, I handle it. <laughs> you know, I could be a nurse. <laughs> but, you know, it's just it's just common sense and mechanism and methods in that you have to find ways and means to help yourself or show people that you can prove them wrong and 
do what you have to do. That's my biggest motto. Focus on your focus on your ability right. and not your disability. Now, did they try to so, put you with all the other people with disabilities? Yes, they tried back in um, infant school, but you know, it was too late to, to go to school for the blind. It was too late, mm-hmm. and I would love to learn Braille at this stage, but it's going to be a difficult task. You have to get the mind alone would have to be fully prepared. But I'm really willing to learn the brain. And I do want to learn the brain. But my mind, I'd have to get some serious counseling. So I know the letters, some of the letters of, of brain. But, oh, It's super frustrating. Like, I I learned some of it when I was really young. And then I kind of just kind of, I I didn't forget it. But I just was like, I'm, I'm good. Uh, and then when I got to high school, I was, you know, I was, it was pretty intelligent. And I was, on a, right. I was one of the top kids in my school, uh, you know, educational wise and and so my grades were great and then they tried to bring braille braille back to me and the problem is is like when i was reading it you kind of have to start Mm -hmm. over so i'm reading hamlet and all these big books and all these things and now i'm reading joe went to the store to get ice cream and now he's happy and it's like and look braille was very hard because people just look at six dots and they just call how the hell is, is that anything but there's a trick to it and there's a lot of different signs and a lot of things you got to remember, right. but it's hard when you're mentally, you know what, I guess advanced or whatever you want to call it in, in mm-hmm. regular language and English. And then you go to Braille and now you're reading these so monotonous little tiny little stories about just mm-hmm. nothing. And it's like, you feel like you're dumb. And, um, and that's one of the reasons, but I mean, I wanted to ask you that, did you, you know, did they try to put you in things like special education and stuff? Because a lot of times, they equate any disability with some sort of special needs. Yes, yeah. back in, back in um, when I was in infant school, um, you know, the, public, the private school, they tried to put me in special education, and all of them were saying, "Oh, you should go to school for the blind. You don't belong here." But in high school, they didn't really say that, nor nor have that mentality. They just work with what they have, and you know, um, there's a liaison officer from the school for the blind. Though she came to my high school and spoke with the teachers and students and know the way forward and with that accommodation the teachers were just well receptive towards it and they're willing to work with me so in the 10th grade um, we had to do well, we had, well in the ninth grade I had to choose my subject in order to get to find my career choice uh, it was difficult um, my first option was to become a dentist <laughs> my mother was like a dentist are you crazy <laughs> you gotta I'm see like, those yes. little teeth yeah <laughs> Yeah, I like the medical field to some extent. And I'm like, okay, a judge. Because I'm always watching divorce court, all those kind of stuff. Okay. And then I said, okay, a lawyer. Because I like to argue sometimes. All right. <laughs> you know, defense. Then a teacher. Because I'm, I, I like to teach people. I, I like to show them what I, what, I, what I can do. I like to explain things and, you know, do, do practical stuff. And, you know, most, most teachers are practical people. They like to like hands-on certain things, right. and that's just me. And I'm like, okay, teacher it is. And then I, my family is somewhat business-oriented. I'm like, okay, what about entrepreneurship? And then the 11th grade, wait, the 9th grade, sorry, I get the 9th grade, I didn't know. I, I had to learn the computer. And one of my mom's friends spoke to somebody from the school for the blind, and she taught me computer. And I grasped the computer like, whoa. And in grade 10 and 11, um, I chose my subject and I had to do what is called the Caribbean examination. That's where, uh, it's a certificate I need to get before I can go to work or go to college or university. So I did that. I got my grades. I passed all my subjects. Um, then I went on to the 12th and 13th grade in order to get to university. And I did another set of exams. And I passed those, and then I went to university. So at university now, I had problems choosing faculties. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I chose law, I chose entrepreneurship, I chose language and linguistics, I chose international relations, I chose marketing, and I chose hospitality Spanish. And I got through for all four. It was just up to me to choose one. I'm like, hmm, which one should I choose? I'm stuck. And then my mom is like, choose entrepreneurship. I'm like, she's like, why? Because you have that mentality of creating and innovating 
ideas. You know, entrepreneurs are person who conceptualize, analyze, process, research information, and you know, put it into a creative idea, whether it be a product or a service, and then release to the public. So I'm like, all right, then I chose that, and university now was a battle by itself. My first year, I wasn't settled. I was wasting time. I was not being independent. I was just idling time. I didn't go to classes. I was just spending time with guys. I just, I just felt lost. Mm-hmm. And my parents, my parents received a letter from the campus registrar that we're going to withdraw your child because, you know, low grades. And then it was just a dawn moment. I'm like, you know what? Instead of me going to party, I'm going to stay, spend my summers at summer school. And I pass all my courses during summer school because they have classes during summer school, during summertime. And right. Now, you, when you say summer school, like these are classes specifically for the summer. Like you didn't fail any classes, right? Right. Right. Because here, I don't know. Work. If, yeah, because I don't know if there, but here, a lot of times when people say summer school, it usually means you have to go during the summer because you failed during the regular year. That's right. It's the same thing for us. Okay. But at the same time, you have some faculties that says you don't need to come to summer school or it depends on your status. If you're working, then summer school is better for you. A lot of people go to work and go to school and they go summer school to get most of their courses done. So oh, I so had you, to do that. You chose that right? Route. Okay. Right. But one of my biggest battles um, was math courses. I didn't know Apparently, my parents and I were not looking at the brochures properly when they said um, math courses are involved, as in accounts, um, financial management, uh, introduction to statistics. So I passed the accounts really well, basic accounting, so I can help myself in accounts. Now, econ statistics is another math by itself where you have to know about... uh, Help me here. Uh, you have to know about, like, I'm trying to remember, probability. Um, I, can't, I can't remember because I did that long ago. But it's okay. If I did, if I knew Braille, I would have been much more comfortable with the stats and financial management. The financial management would, would have been like stocks and bonds and insurance. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I, I would those courses every year because my my degree of study is a three year and all my friends were leaving me and I stayed an extra year four years because of this statistics and this math and I couldn't get it right Mm. but last year I did it and I passed those courses and it was just thank you Jesus does us in peace yeah and I'm done (laughs) done university there you go you know I, I, I learned how to use the cane at university. I didn't want to use it as well. At one point, my father was picking me up from classes because uh, I had night, night classes. And I fell in a trench. So I was badly injured. All because I didn't use my cane. And from that incident, my cane is just my best friend. My years of experience were self-taught. Everything was self-taught and advised. advised. So that's it for me, you know. I, I, I was a self-taught, and then I was heavily I was heavily involved in media from back at high school to university, and I felt like I wasn't finding my purpose. Although I was fully equipped in entrepreneurship, I felt like my purpose was just in media, and I was there attending lots of uh, speaking sessions, engagements, workshops, all that stuff. And back in 2019, I started my business in podcasting. I started researching. I started surveying, I started all of that stuff. And that's why I started in podcasting. And then I did motivational speaking. Um, I'm also certified in elevator pitch business training and podcasting. So that's how I end up my, my business during today. My father asked me the other day, would you want a job besides your business? I said, daddy, if I get a job right now, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. But honestly, I don't think I want a job. You know why? Because not because your contacts will say, yes, I'll give it to your daughter. But you don't know what they will say. Like, oh, 
she can't do this, she can't do that because I applied for many jobs and they turned me down. I applied to a travel agent company and they were asking me a bag of questions about how do you use the jobs? How, because your job's going to hack up our system, slow up our system. I'm like, well, if you buy a laptop for me and I get the job and that's good to go. If if I use my laptop, I mean, that, that's all I need, you know, but they didn't want to do that. The system here is ridiculous. You know, we don't get stimulus package. We don't get uh, social security. We don't get none of those things. So it's very difficult for us to defend ourselves and, you know, or feed ourselves. So I had to really think deep in the box and, you know, design my business idea and it's taken off i'm surprised for the past few years that's good yeah because i wanted to ask you what what it's like being disabled in jamaica from the united states because you know it's not perfect here it's not great here at all in a lot of ways but we do get stimulus checks and for people with disabilities we do get social security so it's something right we we have our disabilities act it is somewhat amended amended from what I understand. But not just to make in the Caribbean. It's difficult for us to get jobs, accessibility, training. That is why at, at university we have what is called a special student office where you get um assistance in assignments, voluntary stuff, um, accessibility equipment. So that's why I said I want, I'm going to see if I can hook you up with Dr. Douglas because it was him and Dr. Morris who implemented that center for us. Because when they came to university, there was nothing there for them. So they were the ones who designed that center for us. And so we are quite lucky. But the job market is sticky. There are persons before me who literally have their degree and master's. They don't have much work experience and they don't have jobs right now, so they are suffering. Everybody's, we are suffering right now, you know, so, you know, I'm trying to encourage them with my business and, you know, give them ideas. So, I mean, there are very few persons here with, like me, um, who are trying to strive for success, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. And and you have a a huge, you know, uphill battle to climb, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of people, you know, I don't know. I mean, we all go through our mental health and we battle and, right, you know, and right. we always know, we always hear like, well, there's someone out there worse than you. And it's like, even here, oh, yeah. just here in America, it's like, you know, you hear that and it's like, I mean, we have our problems too. It's very hard to get jobs here and there's a lot of that, but again, right. we do get social security and that's something that some of us take for granted because, you know, and again, it's not the end all be all. I get 800 or whatever it is a month. It's nice. I, I it's great. But it is an you know, but with having that, it puts restrictions on how much you can work if you want to, if you don't mm-hmm. want to lose it. And, you know, it only pays my mm-hmm. rent. So when I work and obviously the podcast is little by little taking off, but I'm not making any money off it right now. So right now, you know, someone told me to look at my job that I have right now as my investor into the podcast. So that's how I look at it. But, you know, I don't really want to stay at my job forever. I do want to help people full time and all that. But it's it's very hard because... Um, one, because people don't really want to allow people with disabilities to succeed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of us, and, and this is our fault, we don't support each other. Um, That's and, the point. And, it's and, worse in the Caribbean. Lots of competition. Right. I admire the blind folks in Australia. I tell you, I, I, I admire them. Yes, they have their struggles as well, but when you come on to support, they have it. Oh, yeah? I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they do. They really do. And that's good. Somebody. I mean, because it, and again, it's for me, I, I'm going at, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same category as you, but I go after the whole disabled community because I try to interview people with all different types of disabilities, not just eye stuff. Right. Because I think the biggest problem is, like I said, we're, we're such a huge community. You know, I think it's like 1.6, right. 1.8 billion of us. But we so, like, we all kind of just run to what we know. Like, we'll, we'll stay on the eye department. The deaf will stay over there. And so it's like, if we actually come together, we actually can make some real noise in this world. But we, right. we don't. And it's like, you know, and like, you know, when you reached out to me and we started talking and, you know, like, we support each other. And it's like what we have to right. do. It's only right. we're going to win. That's how you build connections. That's how you make money. That's how you collaborate. Because I tell you, I was in Clubhouse the other day. Um, and I, I was just looking around the room, 
and I saw how to make your podcast accessible for the deaf. I'm like, huh? <laughs> so I went in there and I'm just there listening and believe me, tears came to my eyes. You know why? Because the deaf community wants to hear or know what's going on and they can't. Right. And I started asking a battle question. And one of them recognized me. One of the hearing impaired persons recognized me. And they said, not to show any favoritism here, but this girl, if we can collaborate with her to make her podcast accessible for us, this is good. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not being biased, nor favoritism, honestly. But there are very few podcasters like you and I, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. do, our, do our best to make it accessible for all people in different walks of life. Yeah. Well, it's because we care. Like, I care so much about right? it. I stress about it. Like, I stress that more but people aren't hearing it. But even with disabilities, they don't make their podcast accessible. I understand it can be difficult. The other night, I got a bag of tweets from some hearing impaired persons or some blind persons who are in the accessibility department of all the description and uh, text description for the deaf. And they said, we want to partner with you to make your podcast accessible for them. I'm like, wow, why me? And you know what? I'm going to partner with you too, TJ, to make your podcast accessible. Yeah, for the deaf. Because we have a voice. We want them to hear us as well. But how are they going to hear us? Through picture words, through words. Right, right. You know, when I saw the different accessibility, I'm like, wow, yeah. this can be done. It's, look, it's very difficult, but it can be done. Yeah. When I saw the amount of coordinates to do that, I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. There's people out here that would doing take a year yeah, to get it done or six months because we have to do surveys. We have to speak to them in different meetings because remember, you have some who can't hear at all. You have some who can hear a little bit. You have some who can hear but can't speak. And we have to enter that we get the translation from them so we can go back and say, hey, TJ, we did this, we did that. We need to do this or do that. So it's going to take some time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, but that's, that's kind of what we need to do because there's people out here doing amazing things. And it's like, you know, you never want to miss out on what can change your life and, and so on. But it's like, if the blind helps the deaf, you know, down oh, the road, they can help goodness. us with something like we take care of each other. And that's, that's how it is. It's like, yeah, we're all at a disadvantage. We all have our problems. But right. We all have our own capabilities and we all can put in our time and effort and we can make a real difference. It's just, you know, we got to stop listening, obviously, to our own crap. And then just the, you know, the perception and, and, and what life, ma life makes it very hard for us. People don't make it easy, but we kind of thrive in that. So it's like if we look out for them and they look out for us and we just do our thing and, and we could survive. It's just we have to stop trying to do it on our own. And the people that do make it, I keep saying like, someone will make it and they'll have some sort of fame or, you know, whatever they'll get on a talk show or whatever. And then when they're, when they hit that place, they close the portal behind them and they don't want anyone to come with them. They don't want to bring any other disabled people. They want to mm -hmm. be known as, you know, Tia, mm -hmm. they don't want to be known as Tia with the vision problem. So, and again, you don't want it to define you, but you also know you didn't, you know, you used it to get you to certain places and so it's Thank like you, you have to accept it and you have to love it and mm. you have to make sure you bring everyone else, you know, help people. Don't be the anomaly. Don't be the one person that succeeded because you, whatever, you're lucky, you're fortunate or privileged right. or whatever. Right. Bring others, show why people with disabilities are great and then say, look, I'm one of them. Look over here. There's another 3000 of them that can do things too. You just don't give them a chance because one's in a wheelchair or whatever. So, you know, stuff like that. Like I said, you, you pair up with the deaf and it's like, we're kind of the opposite of each other, but we're in the same boat. Honestly, I'm a little fearful of other persons with special needs. I, I'm a little shy to speak to them, afraid. But the more I speak to them, the more I get out of my comfort zone. I'm more relaxed. I'm more <clears throat> confident. I'm more just everything. Because I'm thinking to myself, I feel like I want, I want to do my master's in special education. I may do that. But Again, I'm still, I'm still shy, but the more I speak to these people, that's why I had a problem choosing my target audience. And that's the worst, that's one of the 
the worst thing podcasters fail to do. You find your target audience. Right. Not just podcasters, business people. Yeah. You can't have a product or service and you don't know who you're targeting. Yeah. So although my although my target audience is talking about special needs, the wider public is catered for and I tell you, I have interviewed some persons who are able bodied and they said, Girl, when I listen to your program, I am just in awe. They I designed my program in such a way that I leave you at the edge of your seat. I leave you with walking. I, I leave you with something at the back of your mind. I leave you with something to walk and think about, to talk about, to spread the word, spread the word. So although my podcast is an audio based file, I want you to be at the edge of your seat, you know, like, oh my God, what's next? You want you, you know? to visualize But it, although, yeah. right. But let me just say my YouTube channel is coming out in June. Um, I'll talk about that at the end of the program. But, you know, People, let us work together. Despite our disagreements, let us work together. That's what I don't like about personal special needs. There's too much competition going on. Yes, you may have your way. TJ may have his way. I may have my way. But if we can collaborate together, the 100 people, you know, to, to collaborate, it, it will be booming. Right. Well, I said, I, I talk about this a lot, like, with here, like, you know, obviously you see a lot of the, the racial tension and certain things that go on yes. in this world. And yes. it's like, whether you agree with whatever their causes, because a lot of these groups, they start off with, with good intentions and then they get corrupted because of money and whatever else. But it's like, if you believe, even if you don't believe in Black Lives Matter or PETA or, you know, mm-hmm. the Me Too movement, they at least mm-hmm. try to get things done and they, they fight. And, mm-hmm. they, and like I said, you don't have to agree with what they do or what they believe in, but they're fighting for something. So if people with disabilities had the same energy and the same push to actually fight for the things we need, because our stuff is, re- our problems are really genuine and we really mm-hmm. do need help. If we actually, if you had, you know, 30 mm-hmm. different disabilities standing next to each other, a thousand, 10,000 mm-hmm. people, that actually makes a real, that makes some noise. But the problem is we don't want to do that because a lot of us are still afraid to even show that we're disabled in the first place. Um, that's why we have these conferences you know all of, all, if, if you look on Facebook and Twitter you see lots of disability conferences to not just show the public who we are but to unite us as persons with special needs together and collaborate that's why I'm having my big big event where again I'm going to talk about that at the end of the program you know to connect and you know collaborate and bring out ideas and show the world show the public that yes we can you know we can do anything if we try the songwriter you know Donnie McCurkin you know, yeah. you know, yeah. So uh, my business, it's called KMBDS Services, Creative Mind Business Development Services, but with a K, K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E, Business Development Services. Yes. I'll put in the podcast. So, right. <laughs> so um, this business, we cater to a wide variety. So we offer podcasting courses, podcast consultations, um, podcast promotion, podcast editing, um, motivational speaking services, where if you need me to speak at your event, book me to speak, or if you need a speak, speak with confidence program, we can do that. Um, I also do certified elevator pitch business training. If you want to pitch your business ideas to investors and all that stuff, it, within 60 minutes, I can do that for you, you know, teach you how to do that. Um, what else? That's it. Yeah, that's me. That's my business. You know, you can email me at, you can email me at K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E-M-I-N-D-S dot J-A at Gmail. You can find me on Instagram, Creative Mind, uh, J-A underscore. Yes, Creative Mind, J-A underscore. You can find me on Twitter at Creative Mind underscore. Yeah. Yeah, you got That's a lot me. going on. Um, what did I want to ask? Oh, so for, for those who don't, I mean, you know, even I probably can't understand, like, your vision, um, well, what can you see? I mean, 5% is 5%. I can see people. Okay. I can see people. I can see lights. I can see objects. But don't give me a paper to read. It's going to strain my eyes or don't turn on the light. If I turn it on, I turn it on quick. What I have to do is turn it off. That sort of stuff. Now, when you use a computer, do you need, like, uh, JAWS? I use JAWS and NVDA. Okay. Um, depends on what I'm doing. Yeah, I use the voiceover on my iPhone. Uh I had the Android first, and it was straining my eyes. I'm like, you know what, that's it. Because I actually used TalkBack with the Android, and it was just not working out for me. 
right. and ever since now, last year up to now, Talkback has developed, and I'm really excited for the Talkback. You know, I'm making an Android as well, but I'm sticking with my iPhone. It has done a lot, and I just love the iPhone. I tell you something. Last year, and my ebook is my ebook is coming out about limited resources. I was out of a laptop, and my Android could not do me justice because I was in business. And I said, "Mom, I need an iPhone. I need an iPhone. Quick, 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 quick." And she had to help me get it and do what she had to do. And could you believe it that my iPhone was my lifesaver? So I was here recording podcasts, <laughs> doing admin work, attending the clients, making calls. That one little piece of iPhone, and I'm back with my laptop now. So, but um, it, it's so difficult to adjust back to to readjust the laptop because I'm just used to this iPhone. But it's just amazing, and, and, and you know, people use the resources that you have wisely oh and i also before i forget i i also offer um consultations for small entrepreneurs set up your business and all that stuff so yeah um so do you have any and this could even just be for me but for anybody with a disability or who's going through some tough times like uh what advice do you have for anybody who's just basically starting from the very beginning uh, whether it's getting into podcasting or, or whatever, just they want to get their voice out there to help other people. Uh, do you have any advice for those people? All right, let me start with different categories. For persons with disabilities, I did an International Women's Day podcast last week. It's out. You can find it on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. It's called Culturama with Diva, K-U-L-C-H-A-R-A-M-A with W-I-T-H, Diva, space out. And the title of this year's theme is The Strength of a Woman. And the guest speaker spoke on the topic of the purpose of your beautiful smile, hashtag walk in your purpose. Now, you have a purpose, walk in it. Focus on your ability and not your disability. That is my motto. So your ability is whether you have talent, whether you can sing, dance, do something creative, podcasting, whatever it is. Walk in your purpose, fulfill it. For those persons without disabilities, help us, listen to us, connect with us. Don't abuse us, don't forget us, don't backstab us, don't ignore us. We want you to help us. For those who are doing podcasts or are venturing out into podcasts, do some research first. Before you start podcasting, do research on the different apps you're going to publish on, do research on monetizing, advertising, marketing, editing, softwares, microphones, headsets, everything. And again, you know, I offer those services. You can consult me and I'll be happy to have an affordable price. You know, hashtag come, hashtag let's talk, hashtag next connect, hashtag to make a connection, hashtag let's keep it moving. You know, yeah. right, that's just it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think people realize, like, Yes, podcasting is very easy in the beginning. If you just want to pick up your phone and just talk into it, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But if you actually want to like get it out to people where it's it's listenable and, and, and all that. That's a difficult task, but it can be done. Because right. as I said before, if you don't know your target audience, you can't target anybody. You can't get no you can't create you can't create a content, you can't oh, you just can't. So people research wisely. Listen, the podcast industry right now is very competitive. Oh, yeah. But don't compete. Don't compete against people. Don't do it because if you do it, you're gonna lose focus. Yeah, that's yeah. what people trying to. That's what people are asking me. They're asking me, how come you're not competing? How come you're not? You're, you're popular. You don't show that celebrity status. I said, look here, listen to me. I am just spreading the word. If you want to compete against me, go right ahead. If that's my tagline, simplicity is the best thing. Yeah. It's, it's like for, especially for me, like I target disabled people as far as for an audience mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. they're the hardest people to reach, a lot of people that listen mm-hmm. to me are not disabled because it's easier for them to digest and, um, you know, you can kind of inspire them. But a lot of disabled people are the people you want to reach because you want to let them feel like, oh, you're not alone, but they're impossible a lot of times to reach. But, but here's the only thing now, TJ, um, I was in a clubhouse room last week Friday called the Blind Man's Breakfast Bar. 
and Matt or Teo, forgive me if I pronounce it wrong, Hans, Hans George from Be My Eyes, Rachel Buchanan from Freedom Scientific, they came into that room. They were just talking and somehow a conversation was formed. And the thing is, somebody said, somebody from the audience said that, weren't you guys advertising enough? Weren't you guys this and that? And I said, look, apart from social media, you guys need to advertise on podcasts. Why do you think podcasts are making money right now? Why do you think the people who are disabled don't know about you? Because they want to hear from you. They want to see you. Social media alone is not going to do you any justice. Come on our podcast and collaborate with us. You know, so yeah, I did a survey once with persons with special needs in Jamaica, the Caribbean, and the world, and ask them, how many accessibility companies do you know? And they're like, um, a couple, but, so I'm like, where are you, where are you, where are you seeing and where are you hearing them? That's the most on social media. So I said, are they on podcasts? Maybe. Some, some are, some sponsor. But that's why I developed a, a promotion at the cost of 60 US. And I'm encouraging all companies to come on board and, and promote your products or services. We want to hear from you. And this this promotion may extend based on the high demand. We want to hear from you. Come on, let's 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 collaborate because people want to hear you. People want to see your products. And you know, my big meet and greet event is going to be in June. I will give you the the, the date so you can publish to your listeners. Yeah. Um. I'm going to bring out all my guests from 2019, 2020, 21. A listenership appreciation day to say, hey, thank you guys for listening. We love you. Here are some giveaways. And you're going to see TJ live and direct on the big meeting grade too. So if you want to ask him questions, he'll be there too. You know, it's really live on YouTube and all that stuff. I'll be launching my YouTube page, my website. Many persons have been asking me, where's your website? Where is your YouTube page? People, people listen to me very carefully. When you're in business or podcasting, you have to take your time. Don't rush it. Because if you rush, things won't get done. Yeah. Trust me. I did it. I experienced it. It wasn't a good look. So I said, you know what? Let me, Let me take my time and not rush. And here I am now. Website on the way. YouTube page on the way. So that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And like my problem is like, I'll sit there and, you know, constantly look at the numbers and all that shit. And, or I'll, uh, you know, just uh, for a while it was like, Oh, I don't know how I'm going to run out of content. And then it just, at some point I just kept finding like so many guests, like even yours, like I already have like another 10 or 11 done. And it's like, now I'll have yours and I just keep putting them out and I just keep finding more and more people and it just kind of naturally happening. And you really do have to just kind of let it be and, just do your thing and things will come from it. It's just, it's hard because you, you, you want to reach so many people and you know, when you're, when you're a nobody like we are, like you can't just reach people by just, you know, putting up a tweet about, you know, what you ate and mm-hmm. people will give a shit where there's people out there will just literally put up a picture of whatever their cat or whatever. And it's like 3000 likes. And it's like, I would love for 3000 people to listen to my podcast. I would love that every day. But, you know, it's possible. It's just I got to keep working. And you got to keep mm. grinding and keep trying to find new ways to advertise and promote and all that. And it's just so same thing, like I said earlier, with the podcast. Like people just think like you pick up a right. mic and it's great. It's like if you just want to kind of shoot the shit with your friends and just kind of talk and whatever. <laughs> cool. Yeah. But if you want to actually make something of it, like the promoting is is so annoying. And to try to reach yes. people and try to find people and like with us, we have a niche. Like we're actually going after certain people that are forgotten about. And it's like, you know, we're trying to attract our people yes. who don't really want really the spotlight on them to some degree. <clears throat> and yes. and then it's just like, and then you want to, you want to spread light for the people who aren't like us, the able bodies and you want them to care. And it's like, yeah, it's hard because again, especially we're in a time now where people are going through a lot of crap and they don't have time for your crap. So it's like, you know, but the problem is if we all stick together, not just disabled people, like if we all actually just actually help each other, we could, you know, and it sounds cheesy, but yeah, it would be a much better world. It's just we're so, right. a lot of people are so selfish 
Um, I think think we all are in nature, but we, you know, we figure out how to, you know, fix it to some degree, but it's like, yeah, if we actually join together and stop with the bullshit of, you know, whatever racial problems Mm -hmm. or sexual problems, whatever it is, just just Mm -hmm. help each other. Um, you know, you help me, I help you. And then it's just like, we can get, get somewhere. We can get some real things done. Uh, we've made progress over the years with certain stuff, with racism and, and right. sexism. And, you know, right. Depending on where you live, obviously, some places are worse than others. Um, but we can continue to grow and continue to push forward. It's just, again, it's just the open-minded of people. Do you do you want to? Do you want to? You know, grow. Do you want to actually succeed and actually help others and and so on? Like I do, you do, but how many other people do? How many people just want stuff for them? You know, how many people just want to be right. rich? Um, I don't care about rich. I being rich. I just want to actually leave this world where I actually put some good energy into it and actually, of course, you know, like I don't care how much money I make at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, I want to live. I want to be able to buy my little trinkets and whatever. But of course, you know, I, I want to actually just leave knowing that I actually help some people. Um, of course, and that's kind of the, the the main goal of this. Like, just let's just help each other, and not. You know, I'm tired of wasting time. And I've yeah. wasted a lot of time yeah. in my life just battling uh, my demons and all that. Uh, before we get out of here, like, uh, what has your mental health been like over your journey? My mental health has been okay, but there were some ups and downs in terms of getting jobs and um, money wise to pay my bills. So I've had my moments. Right. But for me, the more, you know, people, I put on my Instagram, always confident people. And people are like, hey, how come you're sad and you're always confident? I'm like, when I look at it, it just speaks volume. I, it just reminds me that I'm a thundercloud. I just boom. I just, you know, shine bright like a diamond, you know. So I'm okay. But at times I will get a little depressed, but I'm all right. I'm good. <laughs> how do you... uh? How do you battle your doubt? Speaking to people, watching YouTube, and sleeping. <laughs> there you go. Sleep always helps. Yeah. De- yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think the first one is what you said it helps me the most. Like help, like dealing with, like talking to other people, listen to other people's stories. Because I've interviewed a lot of people whose stories are worse than mine. Um, you know, I've yeah. interviewed people who are in wheelchairs yeah. and are paralyzed from the shoulders down, and it's like. But then he runs his own business, and I'm just like, man, like, I feel insignificant compared to him. And it's like, I'm sitting here. Yeah, like, because you know. I'm like, how do they do that? Right. Those persons in wheelchairs, I am just in awe. Right. They're amazing. And it's like, you know, especially the people that really go above and beyond. So I, I'm. In particular, you know, those who have CP. Yeah. Yeah. I interviewed one I, wow. with that, and it's just. It's amazing, and it, it's so I'm of course. So, so it, yeah, it's, it and it makes me feel good about what I have and what I don't. Have, you know what, you know what I have compared to them, and it's, it's not that I'm putting their story down or putting them down. I'm just like, man, I, I feel better about me, and I should stop bullshitting about. Oh man, my life's so hard, and it's not easy, but it's like, man, it's not as hard as that person. And I'm sitting here bitching, but I can get out of bed and walk around, and I'm just like. I'm not appreciating the fact that I just took two ten steps in that direction. Like, appreciate the things you actually have. Um, so, uh, again, I, I'm saying this, and I still battle my demons, and I still have doubt. I still get on my own right. way. Right. But I'm trying to do it less of it. I'm trying to actually defeat or just fight it off as much as I can because, you know, like I've said before many times, like when you're disabled, mental health automatically comes with it. And it just there's a there's hmm. a famous quote by Oprah Gail Winfrey. Okay. She says, be thankful for what you have, for you will end up having more. But if you are not thankful for what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. Right. So yeah. be thankful, you know, despite the circumstances, be thankful. So I would love to leave Jamaica right now, honestly. But I'm thankful that I'm able to set up my business, walk around, meet people, all that stuff. But, you know, yeah, Corona. Yeah. Corona is messing up people's lives right now, but you know, I, I I think Corona has taught lots of us a lesson. And I was in a life coach webinar, and the lady was saying, 
the guest speaker was saying, I don't see this thing about get rich quick. What's that about? It means that you don't have passion for people. You just have passion for money. And I agree, I agree with her. I agree and disagree with her. But, you know, when you have the passion for what you want, then you can see the money coming forth. But, you know, do what you have to do and do it to the best of your ability. Yeah, I, I, it's the, to me, the biggest problem, at least, again, I, I don't know what it's like there in other parts of the world, but definitely here in the United States, like if we, Corona should have taught us many lessons, especially just good things like, okay, this is the time we actually should just love each other and actually look out for each other. And we didn't. We just bullshitted and we actually right. we took it out on each other. We took it out on people's businesses and so on. And we didn't, right. you know, the government aside, it's- you can't control that, but people mm-hmm. as a whole we did not look out oh, for yeah. each other for here you know domestic violence and and child abuse and a lot of things went way up because people were stuck with each other and it's like well now you get to spend time with your family you should, it's yeah. it's not so it's not so right now here in jamaica people are just self-centered people are just by themselves especially those with special needs we got some care packages yes but we got some money yes but uh the unity, it's just not there. Thank God for Clubhouse. You guys can find me on Clubhouse at Diva Williams, D-I-V-A-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. I'm on Clubhouse. You can connect with me. I'm, I'm in the Get Me Off Clubhouse. I'm in the Blind Man's Breakfast Bar. I'm in all other clubs. So you'll find me in there connecting. That's why I got quite a few clients. That's how I was able to build connections and mm-hmm. what I have to do. So thank God for Clubhouse. It, it's about 10 million people signed up for clubhouse that's just amazing wow yeah yeah i gotta get in there i have yet to do it um <clears throat> yeah i mean like i said that's just all it's about is connections like i'm you know slowly getting this off the ground i'm still like eight nine months into this and you know like little by little it's growing it's just you know it's not right as fast as i'd like but you know right. i'm also appreciating the journey it's you know it's something yeah. and i i don't i wouldn't want to start back from the beginning again I wouldn't want to do that again because it, it took no. a lot and it also was just like I was looking for a way out. Like I was waiting. I was looking for a reason not to do it and all I needed was one little roadblock and I was like, ah, screw this. But the fact that I've made it this far, you know, makes it so like I just want to keep going forward. Um, I just got to be patient as we all do. You know, it, it was a real pleasure to be on your program. People are like, I could listen to you all day. I'm like, my voice and I talk a lot in front of that microphone. Or in people's interviews, I'm like, what? What's so special about my voice? <laughs> you have that characteristic. You have that go-getting spirit. That's the characteristic of, of an entrepreneur. Go-getter, fighting spirit, risk-taker, you know, yeah. proactive. That's just me. So I'm like, oh, okay, all right, cool. Yeah. That's me. I'm, oh. not, I'm not like, I, I, I think a lot of people tend to, when they get to our position, they either want to downplay what we have mm-hmm. or they, you know, they want to glorify certain things or whatever, but they never really want to show the, the darkness, the truth of it, the, the mental health part. The, you have some people who are like that. Yeah. You, you don't want to see that stuff. And it's like, it's like, no man, that's, that's our lives. I'm not saying we're all miserable. We're all suicidal. We're all whatever. It's just, we have our problems. We have our days. We have our weeks, our years, whatever, but you got to show all of it. You can't just show this happy-go-lucky because that's not our lives. It's never going to be our lives. It doesn't mean we can't be happy. We absolutely can. Um, but, yeah, so that that's, you know, again, that I think maybe if I was a little more safe and I came out and, you know, mm-hmm. did certain things, maybe more people would listen right off the bat. But I don't want to be that. I'd rather be myself and... You know, I just, I don't want to censor anything in life. Like my grandma. Just be you, you know, just be you. Don't get ahead of yourself. Just be you. Just be naturally you. Let yeah. people see the true person you are. Yeah, there's too many people trying to be someone else. So it's like, why not try something different? Just be yourself. Because like I said, there's too many other people doing the same thing. It's like, I, you know, I, Sometimes I'll go into some of those Facebook groups and I'll promote my podcast. And mm-hmm. these, I see you in them. <laughs> yeah. But some of them are these podcast promote ones. And I'll, I'll, some people will say, like, you know, if you listen to mine, I'll listen to yours. So I'll give them a shot. And I'll hear people talk about, you know, the local sports team, whatever. And I'm like, dude, like, you're, you're, right. you're going into a market where sports, like, there's too many people in that. Like, 
if you if, <laughs> again if if you're if you're just doing it to have fun fine but if you're actually trying if you're actually on these things and you're promoting it you want people to listen you need to actually have something different because there's too many people doing the same thing. The podcast world is huge. Right. I mean, it's the reason why radio Very is huge. dying. It's because of podcasts. Of course. Of course. Listen, there are many radio stations right now. When you when the radio station runs for the day, for the week, for the day, yes, for the day, the whole the whole entire content for the day is recorded, as you already know. Yeah. And then they turn into a podcast. Yep. Everything. So it says download the download the app podcast app here and you can listen to this and that station here yeah. at your fingertips. So it's all there right throughout twenty four seven. And radio is dying literally. And and these T V uh, shows, there's a lot of ESPN shows and a lot of other of these shows, they they turn it into a half hour podcast or they break it up into segments. On YouTube, yes. And that too, yeah. And it's just that that's where it's at. So I mean I said before, Joe Rogan, who has the biggest podcast in the world, he just got $150 million to sign with Spotify. That's not, yes, he's big and he has a great podcast and all that. And he has fame from doing other things. But he made that strictly from podcasting just because mm-hmm. they wanted him specifically only on Spotify, an exclusive deal. They gave him $150 million to sign with them. That's not yeah. by accident. Um, I mean, yes, he's talented and he's earned his spot. But the reality is, like, no one would have thought. 10 years ago, podcasting would get $150 million. Again, he's, he's, of course, you know, there's not many people that get that deal. But it was just a thing way back. But now, now it's everything. Money in this thing. Yeah. Now it's right. Whether affiliate or sponsor, because if I can Google right now, 10 affiliate sponsors out there, I can get some money off that by hosting webinars, hosting classes. Yeah. You know, that's in the loop, by the way. But hey, if I can get that, yeah. you know, I'm good. But the thing is, when people, you're going to find many people, sorry, you're going to find very few people hosting podcast classes. You're finding people hosting podcast consultations. Very few. But most persons are now signing deals in doing this and that. But that's very good. But at the same time, you need to know how to do a podcast. You need to know how to do this. You need to know what type of mind to get. Understand? So yeah. that's where it all stems from. And that's why my, 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 my client is getting very big in the, in the classes. People want to hear me give them content about how to do it. Yeah. Then they go do it. Yeah. You got to you know, point people in the right direction. You know, that's the thing. Like when you learn certain things in life, don't keep it a secret. Like, Put it out there. Like, right. Show people how you got there. Like, there's nothing wrong with everyone being successful and everyone doing good in life. I think everyone just I wants to be the in, only one. I was in our clubhouse room with a gentleman by the name of Low Vision. And he's a musician. He's also visually impaired. And we were talking about turning your strategy into triumph. And Somebody in the audience of Clubhouse of that of that little meeting there said, just by telling your story, whether in front of a mic, in a book, talking to somebody, you can make money from it. Show your experiences, you can make money from it. And I'm like, oh, wow, thank you so much for telling me this. So um, I, I, after putting my pen to paper, and doing some more research, you know, that's good to go. You know, everybody right now is working from home. Everybody right now is setting up their online business. Online, 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 online. Everybody's doing that right now, right? So you have to know your market, know the niche, know the segmentation, know, um, Lord of mercy, I forget the name, know the international market. Know that know your marketing strategy, strategy. Uh, excuse me. Know your market strategy. Know your marketing strategies. Right. Know the consumer behaviors. The consumer behavior. Know your customers. Know know the difference between want and need, market and demand and supply. I did the course called um, First Steps to Economy Eco- Economics. And one, one of the things that it was six core principles of economics. I'm like, how is this relevant to my course of study? And as I 
stepped out there into the business world, boy, oh, it comes back to me. Yeah. I had to dig back in my folder for my econ- economy notes. Uh-huh. And now for be my eyes <laughs> to read them. <laughs> wow. And I had to put them, yes, from pen to paper. And that's from that, lots of people are, um, you know, hiring my services in teaching them about podcasting and business management. That's good. Yeah. Gives people uh, an idea what to do. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say? Because thank you for doing this. Just wanna no problem. I love talking on the airwaves. I'm talking every day except Sunday on the airwaves. Every day. Do I get a break? No, nah, but I love it. Um, time balance is important because if you don't do it, you're gonna get lost in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, what else I wanna say? Shout out to my fans in Clubhouse, all my podcast fans, all my Twitter fans, my Facebook fans, my Instagram fans, everybody who supports. KMBDS services, Cultural Amount Diva. Life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. See you soon, guys. Respect. There you go. All right, sweetie. Thank you for doing this. You're welcome. And we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. All righty, bye. All right, guys. And call there. Um, yeah, that was very interesting. I, I, I've known her for a little while. Um, if you guys heard a little, uh, rattling, like, a something going around, it's, it's, uh, was Bullet playing with his toys, a little, one of those things where a ball goes around the circle and he's batting around. So, for some reason, he's now taken to that toy. I, it's been there for, I mean, it was Diva's toy, and now he, now he realizes it's been there. I put his little snacks on there every morning, and now he's all of a sudden now the toys something he brought to life um anyway yes that was very fascinating because it wasn't just about her disability it was also just about business and you know she she loves to promote and go for her i mean i probably should be more like that um yeah she's a true entrepreneur and uh yeah i'm, I'm happy to know her and you know like i said it's just another story and the more you put out the more uh you know you shed some light so uh, yeah, guys, I'll see you on the next one, and we'll be back again, as I continue to promise. Uh, so, see you guys. Bye-bye.